In 2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on The CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in their shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and their progression from Season 1. This week, Explosion City, here we come! Rats gonna rip knows how to do third grade science, and oh my, Ross? No! Definitely put my We are the Legends of Next Week. Hi guys, welcome back to the Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. And I am Kate, using she, her pronouns. Once again, we forgot we all use uh, she, her pronouns and... We have a very special guest with us today, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Nate. I am uh, he, him, and I have not watched any of the episodes of Legends of Tomorrow from the season since they first premiered in 2016. Did you watch this episode? Or any of the subsequent episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch this episode. I did not watch the ones that came before it so we thought it'd be fun nate's a good friend of mine to have someone observe legends from the outside as opposed to the three of us who know too much way too much way way too much (laughs) (laughs) so nate what did what are your first impressions of this week's episode that we're looking at left behind Season one, episode nine. Nine. Uh, my first impression is that I'm not entirely certain how we got here. It's <laughs> That's fair. The, the first thing we, I guess we pick up with is, I guess, three people who I barely remember uh, just see sort of being abandoned, like children in a supermarket by other people who I also barely remember. And oh, from there. Would you believe me if I told you last episode was us escaping uh, hawk monsters that were created by Vandal Savage in a 1958 sanitarium? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, that is correct. Vandal Savage is not in this episode. I missed him because... I'll be quite honest, guys. I personally find this episode a little boring. Um, yeah. Um, I remember watching this. I was still. I'm happy. Actually, having a very vivid recollection right now of being in an airport and watching the promo for this episode. <laughs> this is. This is. I don't know why, but I just like hit. Was like boom. But I remember watching it. I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. And when I watched it, I'm gonna be honest. There was. There was really, um, there was one thing I really, really did care about because I am an angsty MFR. Honestly, though, I it, when this first aired, I enjoyed the huge twist in this episode. Oh yeah, I mean, saw it coming, but still, it was the all. It felt like such a good payoff because I am so very rarely right about things that happen. So it was like, yes, I am victorious this once. <laughs> yeah, this episode does have its standout moments that are 
pretty memorable. I did find this had the same problem that Star City 2046 had, where the first two minutes of this episode are just the last two minutes of the last episode. And I mean, keep it in mind, this is this was essentially their winter premiere because um, Night of the Hawk was their mid-season sort of finale. We went on hiatus for about four-ish weeks, if my memory serves me correctly. Do not take that for granted, though. And then this came back, and we just ran pretty consistently from, like, March to the end of May. Yeah. That's probably why they give you the redo. So if this, if this was picking up off the end of the last... Ep- did they get a ban at the end of the last episode? And also, I guess this is retreading your previous episode, which I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but <laughs> you mentioned that there were hawk monsters in the state. There's this, like, werehawks, like werewolves, but hawks. We wish. Just- that would have been interesting. <laughs> it, it's, it's, we literally decided, to, someone decided to play um, medical experimentation, which is <laughs> very messed up. It was, it was very, very messed up and horrific, horrific, horrific. <laughs> Horrific. Jesus. Basically, Vandal, um, the same meteor that gave Vandal Savage and the Hawk people their powers, um, he just decided to inject that into some dudes. And that happened. Okay, so t- like terrible Hawk-human hybrids. And yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, you mentioned the medical experimentation and the first image that popped into my mind with that was just a man with uh, entire hawks for hands. <laughs> that would have been so, so much somebody better. Get, somebody, get better. The, somebody get the Doom Patrol writers right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain if I Google hard enough, I can find a character exactly like that somewhere in the history of comics. I mean, Vandal Savage last episode, like, so the big meteor crashes and then we talked about this, but then like... A bunch of teenagers are like, hey, look at that rock. And Vandal Savage comes out of the woods like, hey, kids. <laughs> you want some candy? I mean, Hey, no. kids, want to see a dead body? <laughs> hey, kids, you want to get medically experimented on? So they were in 1958. And previously in the last episode, Sarah was kind of emotionally vulnerable. Because, you know, she, I don't, I don't know if you remember this. She was dead for a while. And this is the season where we find out that she was brought back by the Lazarus Pit. I remember that. So I think I watched I watched Arrow for more seasons up until I think the episode, like the season with Ragman. I don't know what season that was. That was season five. Oh, good. You might have memories of where we're going to go talking about Arrow this episode. Very distantly. <laughs> but... So Sarah was kind of emotionally vulnerable. She kissed that closeted lesbian nurse. That was nice. But then, um, so in this episode, it's very telling that after Kendra's like, hey, where'd they go? Sarah's the one that asks, why did they leave us? (laughs) But yeah, as we see, they, so the leaving wasn't exactly um, the guy's fault. It wasn't so much their fault as it was um, our beautiful friend Kronos making an appearance and Rip says, okay, we're retreating. Does not consider that, does not really think that plan all the way through, but that's Rip. 
Honestly, though, I think Sarah's like, did they leave us? Because she was literally left on, uh, you know, what is the stupid island again? I always uh, lean you. Yeah, she was kind of abandoned there by Ollie at some point and they thought she was dead. So, you know, she, I don't blame her for feeling a little bit abandoned here. Very apt title for this episode. So not necessarily being abandoned in the supermarket so much as the repo man showed up in the parking lot and your parents just sort of skedaddled pretty much that's, okay. that's, that sounds like a good horror movie it's literally <laughs> boba fett going after han solo and like leaving <laughs> it really it really is the scene in cloud city where they're like wow that was a fun adventure and then they walk in and dark vader right yeah <laughs> Okay, but okay, I'm gonna okay. I know this is last episode, um, but blocking in on Darth Vader—that's more like opening the door to Vandal Savage. Oh, his scary ass man cave that like it's a totally normal '50s room, '50s house, and then he just has a metal padlocked door. That's. I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but like the fact that you know he's an awful person and this room looks too damn normal is probably the most alarming part, really, because. He's too comfortable. He's he is a predator who is comfortable in his establishment. Exactly. Like again, Vandal Savage was the worst in the last episode. I talked about that. I wish he was in this because the villain we have in this one, I I, I dislike. I feel like though we got they didn't put him because it was you know a break kind of thing. Yeah. Because of what happened last episode that they were giving us a break from it. I feel like, though, this is kind of like how I felt with season four. Season four's, um, well, episode eight of that is Legends of Meow Meow, which is a great episode. And, but then the ninth episode, I think it's the Lucha de Pesta. What What's that one? The okay. Mexican wrestling episode? That's the, that's the one with the Mexican wrestling episode and um, the that, that romance. <laughs> yeah, but that episode is very underwhelming. It's not a good. Um, I have issues with that whole art. I will get into them when we we'll get, get there. there. But so anyway, uh, uh, before we go back to 1958, I just want to say the part where their shit is getting rocked on the Wave Rider, it feels very, they look like they're doing the Star Trek move where the ship isn't moving, but they are. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> I was watching that um because I was stupid. I forgot to watch yesterday, so I was watching uh, before we started recording. And I'm watching. I'm wondering, it's like, so did they manage? And here's and I for a minute I thought, well, wait, did they manage to rate this up so like the floor is tilted? And then I was like, wait a minute, we don't have the budget for this. This cardboard set? No. This cardboard. How set? many times? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, this cardboard set and these high quality props i honestly forgot until this episode about uh what's his name uh rick hunter or (laughs) (laughs) the angsty british one about his like his little glowy revolver thing (laughs) i love his stupid space gun we have to just we have to be very careful when we um distinguish our angsty British guys, because we had the angsty British guy with the glowy gun, and we had the angsty British guy with the glowy hands. And eyes. Oh, yeah, he does that, too. That's sexy. Uh, once again, gotta point out the snart lines. Uh, I do appreciate it. It's like, 
well, um, Snart says, well, the ladies are going to be left behind in 1958. What about Ray? I said what I said. <laughs> like I said. Also, Rip says something that I don't think they've ever mentioned again, where Kronos messed with Gideon's navigation and says that, oh, if I don't fix it, um, we'll just be stuck in the temporal zone forever. Um, I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. They never mentioned that again. You know, that would have been an interesting episode, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Because re- when he talks about it, hang on, let me look at my notes quick because I should do that. Um, <laughs> oh, here it is. So I was, so when I was, so, he mentioned, so they mentioned that Kronos has sabotaged the navigation system because it is all this great fancy tech for the Time Masters. And apparently if they, they're going to like be stuck in the temporal zone forever and, and Rip mentions free falling through time as, you know, we have like the Batman almost effect of spinning the camera. And all I was wondering throughout this is this is the most chaotic intro. And also, how do you free thought fall through time? I mean, you're not, it's kind of like, because how does time work? And I know this is getting to like some weird ass physics here. I would have liked if we saw a dinosaur like float by the window or something <laughs> to show that like time is happening. So we can't stop. Is this- Hi, Rip. Hope you find your family. <laughs> this is the equivalent of breaking your gps and now you're on the highway forever it is you're not wrong but yeah we we don't really know how long they're free falling through time it's assuming assuming because of the writing that it's probably not that long but meanwhile what gets me is that after about 10 minutes sarah's done waiting she's like okay they're dead we need to go (laughs) To be fair, that's me when I have to wait for anything. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, she was like, you know what? I've waited long enough. And I'm like, wait, you're an assassin. You have to be patient to kill somebody. Why aren't you more patient? Well, you, <laughs> well you see, when the wave rider doesn't show up in 15 minutes, you're legally allowed to leave. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a grad student, so definitely it's the time minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, yeah just like so like 10 minutes is like okay 10 minutes like i mean you can yeah you got shit to do and yes i know there's an immortal batman who's trying to kill your friend because he's kind of creepy like that but is this why you want to leave the league of assassins not because of killing because of the wait time do you not have patience sarah lance we know she doesn't she, she really true. does and she does run into a lot of situations and i think until she like gets with Ava. Like I feel like she was a little more cautious when she got with Ava, to be honest. She's definitely like more reckless because she's already died that one time. And she's like, well, what is the point of anything? That's a de- that sounds like a depressed person. She is depressed. <laughs> I feel like in this case is the she's the kind of person who would show it to a restaurant and get one of the buzzers. And when she doesn't get a table in 10 minutes, she chucks it back through the window and leaves. <laughs> She would. I see that. But so they go and they get an apartment uh, to just hang for a little bit of time. Uh, I gotta say, wasted Kendra Sarah potential. Yeah. 
the Nappy's only true. two women. The only Nappy. two women that get to be on the show. Not before she stole, they stole a car, though. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Sarah like literally jump started a car because she knows how to do that too. Because she's Sarah and she's awesome. We at uh, Legends of Next Week we do endorse women's rights and women's wrongs. We do, for the most part, depends on the wrong. Well, they do need a car, so that was definitely a yeah. This necessary crimes. Because <laughs> then my next question is: so they're there for ten weeks. They're not like they don't have money. They're just stealing stuff, right? Like, bold of you to assume that Sarah, I dated a bunch of delinquents. Lance has not picked up some way to hustle people. Also, I also they've been in the presence of Leonard Snart for about what, like a couple weeks at this point. You can't tell me that they haven't um, rubbed off on each other in some way. Although we don't know if they got a job somewhere in that time before the apartment because we don't really have a time frame here. Well, I mean, they, we know they went back a good, I forgot the year, six, six, 1950, 1960, somewhere in there. We're in 58 right now. 58. Uh, I imagine that's far enough back that uh, if they sent someone a letter claiming to be a Nigerian prince of need of funds, it, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't it would seem novel and exciting rather than something a 12-year-old would recognize. <laughs> well, yeah, because like... Oh my God, what if they had started that? <laughs> oh my God, that would have been... It's like the pyramid scheme and our flag meets death. <laughs> <laughs> so they're playing Game of Life. Which, in looking up research, apparently the game of life, the board game, has been around since 1860, which I didn't know. Really? Hmm. But that thing dates uh, back to the Civil War? I didn't know that. <laughs> it, was a, it was a much shorter game then. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't live as long. What's your life? What, what do you do when you pick up the card? Says, oh, be a soldier. I mean, what happens when you pick up another card? You die of dysentery at an early age? You died of it's early organ trail. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is organ <laughs> Does that imply the Oregon, the actual Oregon Trail was just LARPing the game of life? Yeah, exactly. <gasps> there you go. You're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> game of life came first. The trail came after. <laughs> yeah. The fun part of this is while they're playing the game of life, Ray is the, ever the optimist and he's trying to build a beacon to get the Wave Rider back because he has the most hope out of all of them. Yeah, he's building that. And meanwhile, like Kendra picks up a car and says, Congrats, you're a doctor. You're making ten thousand dollars a year. She says, I made more as a barista. And Sarah says, Yeah, well, you're a woman in the 50s, so you're lucky to be making this. Which I have to point out, and I'm gonna bring this up later. This is the only time that we ever mentioned the discrimination of the 50s, 60s in this whole episode where they are living for two years. Yep. But Ray does his little time spinny device thing and it doesn't work. And Sarah's had it. She's done. She's like, I am done. I am out of here. I'm going to find somewhere where I belong because she's had it. She's not. Bye, Ray. Bye. Bye, Kendra. You don't need me. She also believes that the legends are dead. Yeah. I find this is a really interesting contrast we see here because uh, season six spoilers, because um, 
Sarah, it, Sarah does have the belief that they're coming, the legends are coming for that Ava, Ava is coming for her. And I feel like it's really interesting. It's kind of interesting to see her so hopeless and ready to give up and how as the seasons have progressed, she has grown more resilient. She has learned to cling on to hope a little more. And yes, there's some times where she does lose hope, but it's it's kind of like a very long care, like kind of a continuously developing part of her character, which I find interesting. Yeah, and I think like to go along with that, it's not just that she has Ava to like attach her hope to, which is wonderful that she has Ava and they work so well together for that reason. But I think the team itself comes together as more of a family in those later seasons, as opposed to now where they're all still like mildly co-workers that are a little too close. Yeah, that not having seen, I guess, a large portion of this entire series, this, <laughs> like the vibe I got from this was that they were like, this was more of a business arrangement than like the found family trope that I crave dearly or even like a lot of necessary friendship because there was a lot of like Sarah, like cut ties. I mean, she wasn't happy about it, but she cut ties pretty easy to just walk out and I don't Rip in general just seems generally very, I'm not certain, cynical, abrasive, not a team player. This is important for you to know is that Rip tells them all, I have selected you from your timelines because in the future, you're not heroes, you're legends. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, that was a lie. Uh, You do not matter in the future. That's why I have selected you for this job. Ah, I see. That explains why Rip feels less like uh, like the, the friend in the friend group who's sort of just the most proactive and thus takes a leadership role and more like a manager at a minimum wage job. <laughs> There's a whole mess of conditioner. Yeah, that's kind of who Rip that's is. Fair. Rip is nursing his rage his rage boner for Vandal Savage because he murdered his family, which, you know, as you do. Which also, Rip is the one that then told Vandal Savage, hey, my wife, Miranda, and son Jonas, you murder them. And Vandal Savage says, oh, that's their names? I'm going to go look them up in 100 years. <laughs> Again, is is Rip his own grandpa at this point? It feels like very Futurama to me that he caused his own thing. <laughs> but so... Sarah heads off. We'll, we'll talk more about uh, Sarah as that we get back to that plot line. But so t- two whole years go by. And so now we are in the year 1960 in Hub City, which fun fact is where the question lives. I love the question. <laughs> Any version of the question, either Vic Sage or Renee Montoya, love them. They are not here in the 60s. Wah, wah. But Ray is teaching physics at a college and uh, somebody is his student, which is the stupidest thing. The most, this like, this is the most like, this scene like drives me nuts here because um, you have, because of just like seeing Ray tongue in cheek teach them about his technology yeah and like oh you will probably be real for the next oh 40 years 
And honestly, if like, here's the thing, I have absolutely no interest in physics and stuff, but if whenever someone says this will be available, I, I'm kind of a try me bitch sort of person and I want to try and prove them wrong. But also the, I'm sorry, I did not like the Bill Gates mention. I just thought it was kind of stupid. It was stupid. Um, I would like to know how Ray got this job in the first place. To be honest, wait, oh, I, what I can answer that. What they have? What paperwork do you have that you got this job? Ray is a tall white man in 1958. <laughs> <He's good>. Exactly. <laughs> like I feel you need a degree, and they didn't ask him. He does, but like it's listen, from like 2000 something. Not this is, listen. I'm pretty sure they probably he he probably found a way to finagle it he showed his intelligence or whatever but also yes you're 100 right mary that he is a um straight passing white man i, mean, I said what also, i said well, you're right i also feel like in 1960 it was much easier to abandon your family and start a new life somewhere else i think until like late 80s you could do that Wait, was that db cooper age so possibly? that was earlier than db uh, cooper do we know for certain that he did get hired and didn't just sort of show up and start teaching and they just sort of accepted that okay this is a professor here it's too bad that's possible i mean let's just say too bad sarah wasn't there it's like oh no the old professor mysteriously died (laughs) (laughs) then kendra shows up and they have a very cute little picnic out in the park and it's such a shame that in two episodes all of this unravels <laughs> because they write themselves out of it mm-hmm. but they in this one moment when ray says you know i didn't think i could build a life with anybody except anna is a nice parallel to how both of them have lost seemingly their soulmate and found someone that can kind of understand that in each other I, I do love the extra bonus that he was going to give her the tracker and say, I'm going to give up on tracking the wave rider because I feel at home with you. Here, have this. And then he was going to propose to her. And it's a whole nice, sweet thing. And then the thing starts beeping. And the wave rider shows up, which is the ultimate, again, the ultimate cock block. Ultimate cock block, the wave rider. <laughs> But before all this happens, we have to remember that Kronos has kidnapped a very important person. He has, which we we don't, haven't learned just quite yet because they cut back after they fall through time. And so it's like blur snorg bob, linguistic issue, uh, a disorientation. It happens. And then Jack says, I can't hear you. That'll pass. What? (laughs) Underrated comedy. Those two were so funny. It was, it was good. That was good. But yes, Kronos has kidnapped Snart. Da, da, da. This is the only part I really care about. In this I know. And just so make, right. I met a rewatch and it just makes me feel very feral. It's a good twist. It is a good twist because they're like, they find Rip laying there and they're like, why didn't they kidnap Rip? Why kidnap Snart? Why is Snart so important to Kronos? Do we want to just talk about this part now? Why not? I kind of really want this. Yeah, let's this do that. Let's the rest I mean, of the episode I, boring. 
A, a, I absolutely love Kendra being the being the one who actually has a brain. Yeah. Okay, um, have we considered that? Sorry, that was not a very good Kendra voice. Um, my apologies. I do love her little hug to Martin though. When like Kendrick yes. gets onto the ship and she's like, oh, and she hugs him, and I'm like, that is adorable and it's cute. Okay. Before we get to the Kronos thing, I, I really have to mention this. I kind of alluded to this. So Ray is upset that Kendra's like, woo, we've left 1960 and we can go back to our time. Um, so we're gonna learn later about whatever the time deus ex machina explanation is that they wrote in however they don't mention like one of the main reasons maybe she doesn't like it is because um yeah hey she's a non-white woman in 1960 you can't even get your own credit card as a woman let alone a black woman in until like late 80s she at least had a job as a librarian, though, which I, again, jealous because I, I would love to be a librarian. But I don't think you can even have your own bank account no, at this time. Yeah, I don't think you can. You and can. they never I'm mentioned sure. that as a thing. She's like, oh, yeah, I miss the Internet. I'm like, I would miss the Internet, too, but also like civil rights. Yeah. Like, Being able to go exactly. on the front of the bus, you know, things like anything. <laughs> That they just they talked about poorly in the last episode and then yeah. decided we're just not gonna talk about it at all. Cause here's the thing, where the hell is Hub City located? Because you know Harmony Falls is an organ and that one's a piece of shit. But um sorry, sorry. But uh where 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 the hell is Hub City located? Because honestly, it gives me like Iowa vibes or something. It looks like Berkeley. Oh, it's in Massachusetts. Oh, <laughs> oh, so holy cr- they went all across the country? Holy maybe, crap. Maybe they were D.B. Cooper. <laughs> oh my God, we cracked it. Honestly, though, even though it would have probably been just a smidge, not that much better, but a little bit better in Massachusetts than, say, somewhere else. Maybe. Wait, I, I just looked at this as like, home of the question, and the first Blue Beetle, which now makes me sad again. <laughs> Ted Cord, come here, you beautiful boy. Oh, wait. I forgot to mention, when Rip shows up after cock-blocking them, is like, sorry, we're late. Like, Rip, shut the hell up. It's true. I wish they said that to him when, it, when they pulled his ass out of the leash of doom. <laughs> Just showing up and making quips out of abandoning them for two years. Well, he likes to think he's Dr. Bloody What's-His-Face. <laughs> Yes. I don't know who you're referring to, but I just like to imagine <laughs> that's the actual name. Who? <laughs> nice. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the doctor from the other <laughs> traveling show. We were although, to be fair to you, we were also <laughs> quoting legends because the we're quoting, we were quoting our um, Genesis episode. Okay. <laughs> I just thought there was a comic book character that was, I guess, analogous to this in which Dr. Bloody What's-His-Face would have been an appropriate that's what, name. That's what we call Dr. Fate. Fair. Yeah, well, Dr. Fate's more mystical. I mean, technically, Rip Hunter in the comics is more like the Doctor. See, it's Marvel, yeah. but I would feel like you would call... That's Dr. why we got Arthur! Arthur. That's why we like got him. call Dr. Strange that. <laughs> Even though it's Marvel. That's true. Oh, so let's cut. Oh, (laughs) exactly. 
Um, so we get a quick cut scene because Ray, uh, or no, Ray, Rip says, hey, where's Sarah? And Kendra says, I don't know. Like she took off. You know, we you lose track of people throughout time. Smash cut to um, what I think is the absolute worst part of this episode and is yeah. a slog. Um, first of all, like t- what's what's her name in this? Sarah's name. Because she's gone oh. back to the hey, League of Safar. Hey, Al Safar. Which is her League of Assassins name. And the whitest Australian man <laughs> comes out <laughs> as uh, Ras Al Ghul. We're trying to pronounce that name correctly. Uh, we looked up pronunciations for Ras Al Ghul. And we're trying our best. However, even in this episode, everyone pronounces it wrong. Um, so we're going to do our best. But, so we apologize if we say it incorrectly. Uh, so he shows up and is like, keep an eye on this one, Talia. And again, I'm not going to say like name this child actress because again, she is a child. But again, also young blonde, not blonde, but like <laughs> young white girl as Talia al Ghul. We will mention and- the only valid Ras al Ghul. And that's from Gotham, who is played by Alexander Sitch, who is Sudanese, and he is the only valid one in ever. And he's Gotham in, in live action of live action. I will, yeah, of live action. Gotham did nothing right except casting, and so <laughs> Gotham, Gotham strung us along into a. Um, listen, listen. If you were here, if you watched Gotham, how many people were just here for the aesthetic? Let's be real. At least they gave him us a Dilf one. I'm just saying. Right. right. <laughs> al Ghul is not a Dilf in the Arrowverse, and I find that a crime. It is a crime. Is that the most important qualifier for a live action uh, Raz al Ghul? Well, he's a Dilf in the comics, and so the, otherwise you have. Liam Neeson in Batman Begins, who again, that man is more of a Irish Star dude. Wars. But yes, but has Ross Al Ghul. No, look, Alexander Shitch is English, but at least you know it was good casting. He even said that in an interview, which was nice. But so, all right, Arrow season four is happening during Legends of Tomorrow season one, so. Ra's al Ghul dies season four. When does he die? He dies in season three, and then Merlin assumes the mantle, and he gets his hand cut off in season four by all. Was it Oliver who cut off his hand? I think. Love that. That was good for good for him. Good for him. I I was gonna say. That's right, because I have a theory that the Kenobi show, which as of this recording drops in two days, has yeah! this, is going to have the exact same plot as Arrow season three, where we thought he was on the island the whole time, but he went somewhere else. Like Obi-Wan wasn't on Tatooine for 19 years. He just left to do Obi-Wan things. Like he's gonna stand. Like, listen, Anakin couldn't. Anakin got off that planet when he was nine. It was a crime to make Luke Skywalker live on there for the first how many goddamn years of his life. Who's Anakin in this situation, though? 
rip. We could we could go into heavy de- we could go into heavy detail. We are very, very off topic. Uh, but basically, go pulling all the way back. Sarah's doing her stuff and let um in the League of Assassins, cool shit. And this is her best hairdo so far because, as we've said, they keep giving her this ugly ass bun to wear. I uh, love that braid. Good. That braid is nice. I love that. Do they? Do the League of Assassins do hair braiding classes? Because if so, um, can I just pop in for a day? I hope so. Um. Ooh, but then after we get that little cutaway, then we finally get to go back to the actual good part of the episode, which only takes about a total 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Worth it. It is worth it. Where Len says, oh, you should probably, like, if you're going to kill me, go ahead and get it over with. And Kronos takes his helmet off. And it's, he's, well, he says, oh, I thought you should have figured it out by now. Takes the helmet you off. should have figured it out by now. And oh, I'm the stupid. I'm supposed pop. to be the dumb one. Yeah, I'm the yeah. Not listen. I'm gonna say I'm not usually attracted to McRory, but that's the hottest McRory has ever been. This is a hot McRory look. I mean, <laughs> look, full bo- full body tactical armor is just as erogenous as wearing nothing at all. We all know this to be facts. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh God. So, so, um, my thing is like again. When this first aired, you didn't hear his voiceover. Now only you only hear Dom's voiceover, but it was a yes. different voice. So the twist was pretty good because you had a different voice for Chrono. So it was like a big surprise when it first aired. Yes, because the original dub is Steve Bloom, who, as we all know, is um, <laughs> Kalazab. is the ship. It's not his name. <laughs> Here. So yeah, he's used to playing hulky space dude. Can, can we what if we get like what if we get to see like a younger Zeb and Kenobi? Look, I'll be happy about this. I'm not, not gonna lie. I'm very sorry, Star Wars celebration is coming up, so I'm um entering my well, okay, well, always my Star Wars warrior, but we're getting a little more intense. This is just where we are now. But, um, so this is where we find out in our little flashback that Len didn't kill Mick, like he kind of told the team. Later he says, "Like I never said I killed him." <laughs> so shitty. I love him. Yeah, I haven't seen the other episode. So is that accurate, or is he just sort of lying to their face again, differently now? No, he didn't kill him. No, I meant the like. Did he say that he killed him? Because I have no idea whether or not. No, that's he, true. he never did. Uh, Jax He's... assumed. Jax assumed that he killed him. Leonard just never verified it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but oh my god, I but I loved watching. Um, I loved watching that whole arc with um Leonard and um, Chromic. I'm gonna call him Chromic. <laughs> it's Chromic. I love that because. Holy shit, the way they both acted in that, in that, I felt so feral. Um, I just, uh, and like, le- like you can see Leonard is so upset and I love it. And he's just like, it's the thing. I was always, always coming back for you. And Nick just snaps at him. And I was like, yeah. And then 
he uses Lisa, Lisa, who Leonard loves to no end. And like, I'm going to kill her over and over again. And I think that's when his like sense he started being more sarcastic after this, because I felt like he was trying to delay him from doing that. I, yeah, that's when he starts to say, although I'm going to be annoying. Um, so he says like, I can go back and kill her over and over and over again. But then aren't you then creating like your own time loop? Or I mean, like, I don't know how that's possible according to time master rules. Because technically you, if he killed her, he would get to do it the one time. Because isn't the whole rule with time masters is that there's no do-overs. Well, we also know that he was um, brainwashed too. So he was pretty much brainwashed like a clone to be the best soldier he could ever be. Oh, we didn't mention that part. So basically Mick says like, oh yes, I was dying wherever you left me. Which again, they never told us where they where he put He's him. saying, he's like, I almost lost my mind. I was strangling so rats survived and they found me and I was like, yeah. Keep going. Ventress era. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's, let's listen. Do I have a problem with loving Star Wars villains sometimes? <laughs> make Rory's boob window outfit. <laughs> listen, 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 he exited his Barris off the era and he's gone into his, um, he's gone into, an, he's, lo- he leveled up. Mm-hmm. Level up, level up. And so he got, taken by the time masters and he says i spent lifetimes training and learning by them which they also don't really go into ever again i love the evil jedi order so much yeah (laughs) it's so true They do have a lot of plot holes, seriously. And we never filled them at all. Like, I know that, like, Katie mentioned in um in the con that they were going to actually have the Legends train younger kind of time masters. That would have been interesting. Maybe we would have found something out. <laughs> we're in the vanishing point. Or no, that's where Mick was, which is, like, a space that's not a part of time, sort of. What did they say it was? <laughs> Time doesn't like exist there, which doesn't make any sense. But then again, does the universe? No. Yeah. Would that be like at the point after when like the time ends at the heat death of the universe? They never so really explain the vanishing. But the weird thing is that they say, oh, time doesn't exist there. Yeah, time actually does exist there because it is a progression. Because otherwise, if time didn't exist there, something wouldn't have happened and I would have been a little less mentally broken. This is what they tried to do in Loki. And then they didn't do that well either. This is what everyone tries to do and it's just... It doesn't work. See, Legends got so much better when they decided, you know what? We don't need continuity. Or continuity only matters when we decide it does. Like... Are we gonna remember that Mick was brainwashed by the Time Masters? No. Are we gonna remember there's a big red button next to the toilet in the bathroom? Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> they also gonna... remember something else, which I, I'm very happy about that they remember that thing. We'll yeah. get into later. But all right. 
and I gotta talk about we're gonna talk about Ray and Kendra later because they're boring. Anyway, uh, this bothers me. Um, Rip is like, well, I did my graduate thesis on the League of Assassins, which Rip as a grad student makes the most sense. That's why he's so annoying. Is Rip their maniac, maniac, maniac pixie dream girl? He is. No, you're right. No, what? Don't they say like? What's the joke of the man, uh, opposite manic pixie dream girl? I saw it. It's like what JD and Heather's is is the opposite of manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> That's what Rip is. Are you saying? Uh, Rip? De- what was it? Depressed goblin nightmare guy. Yeah, that's who Rip is. That's our boy. I feel like it also describes John Constantine to a T. Yeah, yeah. It's the trench coat. It is the trench coat. Oh my god, it's a trench coat. (laughs) Um, but so he's like, yeah, I did all my research on the League of Assassins. Cool. (laughs) But then, okay, he's like, here is the list, whatever you call it, the shadow record. Um. Uh, which from 3200 BC, when writing was invented, they have written the names of every member of the League of Assassins. And he says, don't worry, they use invisible ink. So you're going to tell me that the Shadow Assassin organization that has existed since time began, somewhat, uses lemon juice and a heat source. (laughs) Things that we learn in a third grade science experiment at the end of the year to keep the kids busy. They use that to that keep it all hidden. And you would think somebody would figure it out by then. I mean, like, wow, there's a blank piece of paper. Let's see if it's a visible ink. I mean, like, you don't think about it at all. But they can't be that good at a secret organization because Rip wrote a whole paper on them. Exactly. I mean, I imagine that that part was because, like, at the time in the future he came from, they were extinct as an organization, and like they were now like a historical fact rather than a present occupation. I just thought of something. What if Vandal Savage literally got rid of the League of Assassins when he took over? He probably did. Vandal Savage and Ross Al Ghul did something i don't know what that was but i feel like there's a history like raza ghoul tried to kill him or they had a tryst in france one time uh, i think oh. both, both. <laughs> what you also brought up <laughs> you also brought up like oh they're they're extinct in the future because so like an arrow right now technically merlin is in charge and then season five is the bad season well season four is the bad season season they all get progressively bad or worse so because season five is when talia becomes a the main antagonist along with adrian chase vigilante uh, trying to get revenge on oliver queen in a very boring plot line which once again as a white woman uh, playing Talia al Ghul. I, I have decided that, that I, I don't think men are not allowed to play Talia. Men are not allowed to write for Talia al Ghul anymore. Correct. I, I, men and Grant Morrison, they are not allowed to write her anymore either. Uh, possibly going back a bit to the whole invisible ink thing, the fact that they've written it on parchment instead of like carving into stone uh, 
that doesn't hold up a lot over time, which indicates that the League of Assassins has an entire logistics section that transcribes the old records onto new stuff. I just... This just reminds me how, um, spoiler alert, how Rip gets out of um, Egyptian prison because he bribed the guard with a um, pen. Like, like, I think it was like the one you flip it. it like yeah, a lady in dresses. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I just imagine some rogue time master goes back to leave and says like, hey, here, let's do this. That's <laughs> what happened in Loki. <laughs> I mean, if but- I... <laughs> If I was hired on to a secretive assassin organization and I got assigned the job of like doing the paperwork, I'd probably be pretty easily bribed. Wait a minute. This is just like the season, what was it, five when they had to work for the fates and poor Mona had to rewrite everything? Yeah, but you're just writing names for the League. I don't think the League has to fire W9s. I see that's much smarter than I thought. I thought they were just dunking the paper into the Lazarus pit. That's <laughs> <laughs> a question. Does the Lazarus pit work on paper? Because if so, I got some things I want to dunk in there. What can I put in the Lazarus pit? <laughs> Damn it, you clogged the Lazarus pit again? <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah went in the Lazarus pit and she came out a little bit evil. Is that paper evil and it just it doesn't have the ability to act on it? She came, I don't know if it's so much evil, she came out unhinged. Wait, 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 you come feral. out, you don't get back, yeah, your soul doesn't come back. Wait, does the paper or it takes a while for it to come back. That's a good question. Does the paper have bud left now that it has been brought? That paper has a statistical improb- statistically improbable number of paper cuts if associated you, with it's it. Put- it's like when it's you print out a piece of fluff and you put it in and it turns to angst. It's like Doodle Bob in that SpongeBob episode. Oh my god! You print out your your Ao3 fan fiction, you dip it in the pit, and it goes from uh, angst and comfort to angst to no comfort. Oh, I thought you were going to turn. It goes to Wattpad. Oh, I thought <laughs> I, I, I thought you were it goes it goes to smut. Nice. It goes directly to Dead Dove, Do Not Eat. <laughs> it deletes the last chapter. How do we uh, know uh, the four horsemen of wait, wait. We, We're not even sure that piece of paper had names on it. It could have been like his smut fic. I think Sir. maybe that's what Ross Ra- Ra- Ghoul does in his spare time. I mean, I what mean, are you going to do? Li- You've lived for 500 living- years. Exactly. Listen, you don't experiment once. What the hell, man? I mean, you you live for thousands and thousands of years. You've you've experimented in the bedroom, and you, you know somewhere around like century one or two, handcuffs just stopped doing it for him. So he just the most bizarre <laughs> and oh. Does he know Damien lived just Charlie? as long, didn't he? I was gonna say that's <laughs> why I think they did something because the idea of them like. They had like a one time. It's like you had a one night stand and then you <laughs> see them again later. However, it, at this point, it's like, oh God, like he, you are immortal and so is he. And so you just keep accidentally running into each other and it gets more and more awkward. Oh, that's a good like, AU. That's a good AU. Someone write that down. Listen, if you write an AU with like immortals having like a hate relationship meeting over time, uh, please send it to us because I'm very interested. We will read it on the podcast. We will. With your consent. With your consent. Yes. 
Um, Consent is sexy, boys and girls, and <laughs> they them. Sorry, I need to be more inclusive. My exactly. friends. You did mention them. Or someone mentioned them having a relationship, and now the possibility has been raised that both of them have been around for thousands and thousands of years, and probably gotten bored with all the normal stuff in the bedroom. They are the only two people on earth who can interact in any sort of erotic manner and uh, understand the other's level of just the bizarre stuff they're now into. <laughs> this was not what I expected when I came onto this podcast. This, I'm here for this is like, left to smutville i don't know this is infinitely more interesting than someone who is attempting to write smut this is very you know what this is better than the episode was so this is better than kendra and carter yeah holy it was maybe maybe at the end of the day finding that seeing your enemy throughout time and discovering their immortal was the true friends who made all along (laughs) Isn't that the plot of Old Guard? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> also, wait, I just saw a video today that said um, Ra'as al Ghul was in the Crusades and legally, according to the Catholic Church, if you fought in the Crusades, you are absolved from all sins ever for all time. Which oh, I hell think yeah. is that explains a lot. Wait, that explains <laughs> a lot. That so cool. This explains. Wait, wait, wait. Did Vandal oh, so Savage fight? Did Vandal Savage fight the Crusades? Unclear. But I, that just makes me think Russell Ghoul has a, like the Parks and Rec card that says, "This just says I can do whatever I want." Yes. Well, if that so. absolve, if that absolves his immortal soul, but his immortal soul got left behind in the Lazarus Pit at some point. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Or it's like that part in Gotham when his skeleton jaw fell open and that Excuse funny part. <laughs> you remember Don't that when he, like, he kind of died and then his like, <laughs> then his jaw I'm sorry, he kind of died? Yeah, I mean I have to rewatch Gotham. Seriously. Rest in peace. Rest in peace is still. Really want to do that to yourself? No offense to you who love Gotham. But... Well, I-, I love Alexander Singe, so I will. Okay, oh, okay. In that case, I thought you would like go back to season one and rewatch like, ooh. <laughs> Do we really want to see um do we really want to see not Oswald being knocked off Tantalus? We went off the rails here. We totally Where are we? We're in 1960 and Nana Farbot and Sarah has absolutely ratted them out. Yeah, oh yeah, we didn't wait before this, they're like, we're gonna sneak in. Do do also I'm gonna I gotta tell you this. This set, the Nanda Parbat set, and Russell Ghoul's stupid ass costume are so yeah. cheap. I I do appreciate that Jax was the only one to get in a punch here. Jax took he, out Jax, a League of Assassin member. Go Jax. We stand Jefferson Jackson. Either the league significantly dropped its hiring standards and that guy's getting like knifed later for his failures, or that might have been an unpaid intern. That's you, Nate. Oh, you, I, you because you agreed to be there for the paperwork and they said, That's well, right. Steven, Steven took the day off. So now you have to be guard. They offered me a position to be an assassin and I took it because that sounded cool. Uh, but they didn't actually teach me the assassin stuff. They just had me uh, do the paperwork. No, you were the paperwork guy, and then they said, we'll give you a stipend if you do guard duty for one night. <laughs> Isn't that just Gary, though? <laughs> Damn it. 
Nate, I'm not sure if you watched what we do in the shadows, but that was a very what we do in the shadows uh, <laughs> remark. But yeah, so I, I love the rip things. Oh, I'm going to be the one to go in and get Sarah out and everything's going to be great. And then she just like flips his butt over and kicks it and rats all of them out. I'm going to say this. Rip is a Stay thought. Chest. Rip is a thought with no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You are correct. I believe that if they had sent in anyone with even a drop of natural charisma or affection for Sarah. Well, they had, that's the funny part. They had like, that was a thing earlier in the season. Remember remember when Sarah had a family who was all alive? Yeah, me too. Remember when Rip did? (laughs) 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 Think. A thing earlier in the season, does that mean Sarah and Rip hooked up? No, they no. just had oh, like oh, thank god. god. <laughs> I it was a pairing, it never Rip is Eagle 2. Oh thank god. <laughs> I didn't need to imagine that in my brain or anything with Rip in general. They it's pretended to be a couple oh, to like get oh, it. Up. I'm just wait, can we can you come back when we watch um the Magnificent Seven, please? Magnificent eight. There's eight of them. Me. Yeah. Would you sure. like to go back that in there? I didn't mean to swear. <laughs> Magnificent. Absolutely. Yeah, that's when Rip canonically <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> Which they know they, each other. They know each other on a carnal level. They, they. This is the season with the most straight white man writers, and they accidentally wrote Jonah X as Rip's bitter ex. You could tell how interesting this um, episode was not. Yeah, because we're not talking about it. So anyway, Rip's like, hey, Sarah, I got you. And Rip's, and Sarah says, well, you're here. <laughs> and so now you must die. <laughs> I feel like she, there, you know, who was that? Like, was it uh, Emperor's New Groove? Guards! Kind of like shouting. <laughs> Guards! Also, I... I know Sarah is suffering from the time sickness. I don't remember what it's called. But time drift. Time drift. It's the time sickness. <laughs> but this is um, not the beach from old. <laughs> time salmonella. <laughs> time salmonella. Yes! That's what it is now. So anyway, I know Sarah is suffering from the time salmonella, but. I think she has a right to be mad at Rip because Rip waltzes in like, LOL, sorry for leaving you here. For sure. I mean, like, really. Yeah, I do. My vibe with him showing back up to uh, uh, the the two of them who I can't remember their names, uh, but they were... Stein and Jack. Or no, you mean Ray and Kendra? Them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But, the, the couple in. Yeah, I, I took some notes for this episode. I still couldn't remember more than Snark's name. I've, <laughs> I've described them by like vague fair. physical description. Did you say Stark or Snark? Snark. That's I, the only one you should remember, to be honest. Yes. I remember him exclusively because... Because A, he's the one character from season one that I remembered and enjoyed. 
and B, because of the, uh, I just enjoy snark snark and the wordplay associated with that. Again. Yeah, but also, <laughs> but the vibe I got with him coming back was like almost like an abusive ex showing back up or just like an unhealthy relationship because they were like moving on and they were like going to destroy the beacon and sort of just fully embrace their like new lives here. And then he showed up and just sort of pulls them immediately back into it, which we discussed like uh, Kendra absolutely would have had a reason to like want to not be here. But like just the vibe is still there that he like left the entire like house and the life behind to go back to mm-hmm. running around with a British trench coat man who I don't think I've heard him. I don't think I heard him say one affectionate thing to anyone in this entire episode. Nate is like the Mick who makes up names. I, this is great. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. This is phenomenal. I I just think Rip, well, the thing, I think I struggle with this part of season one because it feels very stagnant. Not just because we're literally stuck somewhere. It just feels like we're not learning anything about each other. We're not progressing. It's just kind of, we're here. This is what we're doing. Because Rip kind of had this struggle. Is it marooned? It's either marooned or it's white knights where he's like, I know what's right for this team and this is my plan. And then they all go, Rip, you know we're here to help you, right? So in doing that, that means you have to let us in and tell us what's going on. And he still doesn't do it. Oh, yeah. He's very shy. Okay, jumping ahead. But Rip is like, I don't understand how you couldn't kill... you couldn't kill Rory after you told us that you were going to. Rip, you couldn't kill Vandal Savage and he murdered your wife and kids. <laughs> it's not, well, the thing is, like, he can't kill him because it has to be Kendra to kill him. But no, he, like, well, yeah, but he had that opportunity he's, he's to slit, stab he's him. Slit, he slit Savage's throat. Oh, I forgot about that. Literally, Mick is like a brother to Leonard, and that would be very hard to kill somebody that important to you. So I could see why he didn't. I mean, we see that next episode when Rip can't kill that child. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Child. Excuse me? Would it have been relevant for him to kill the child? Well, we can get to that at the end of the episode. There is one thing worse than murder. A child. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, where were I'd, we? <laughs> I'd make the guess about it being like the, the Hitler thing of trying to kill him as a child, but this one ended with them going to the future. Pretty much. Good job. Yeah. Yay. Exactly. 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 So <laughs> I guess we have to talk about the Ray and Kendra thing because it comes up huh. here. I don't want to. You're not talking about the cool part of that of the fight and the fact that he asked. We haven't gotten there quite yet because the Ray and Kendra thing happens. We have to. (laughs) We're thorough. What gets me is um, that they kind of all have the. I love that they that um, when they're all chained up. And Kendra and Ray are deciding to hash out their problems now of how Ray's feeling upset that he has to abandon his own life. And but Kendra, in addition to um, the struggle she undoubtedly faced during that time, also comments how she was losing herself and who she was becoming. She 
couldn't get her she couldn't get her wings out um she was losing memories of her past life and then what gets you is that the can we just have a private conversation please we all wish this had been a private conversation <laughs> hey tag me i am jacks in this situation <laughs> we're all jacks in this situation this, like, this is this is my vivid flashing back to being stuck watching the phantom menace with my friends who were making out and not wanting to leave it to, as as to make a scene and interrupt anything but also i don't want to stay here anymore did they start making out because duel of the fates came on and they were like yeah no it was, it was a pod racing scene they're making out oh it. even better <laughs> now this is pod racing <laughs> If you're listening to this right now, um, I'm apologizing for outing you on this cast for doing that, but that was really awkward for me, so I'm not really sorry. <laughs> they're not, they're um, not only hashing out in front of the whole team, they're doing it in front of like these random league people. Oh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just imagine these two guys, the people outside just like, are you kidding me? And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced League of Assassin has some gossips in it. I, I don't care how hard the oh my warrior God. you are. Oh, there for are sure. People holding grudges in the league for millennia that's true malcolm merlin did try to destroy a whole ass city because he because he because he was so upset over his wife which i get but therapy but (laughs) jack's real quick in the scene when i don't remember what it is that ray says or no like it's when Kendra's like, I couldn't get my wings out. And Ray says, oh, I didn't think you wanted to. Which, first of all, shut the hell up, Ray. And uh, second, Jax just goes, that ain't good. <laughs> I love him. We, we, we love Jax. This, this, this I'm sl- wondering, because we have to remember Jax has a crush on Kendra, so I wonder if it was kind of that, too, where he's like, I could have been such a better boyfriend to Kendra than for your I could be a better boyfriend <laughs> than him. <laughs> Why do we have the same brain cell? What? Sorry, Nate, I interrupted you. Uh, Sorry. No, I'm just saying there's this going to be the sliding scale. There's Jackson at one end who doesn't want to hear any of this. And then there's the League people who are undoubtedly spreading this guy. Every, every assassin in this base is going to know about it by the end of the week in the same manner that if I was working in a Target and I overheard a marital stat, every one of my coworkers would know about it within 15 minutes. I just read out my friends make it out. But um, <laughs> I feel like Stein is on the gossip side of this. I'm just going to say that's my two cents. Stein's on the gossip. Like, does he really want to hear it? No, but he's a gossip. I'm sorry. No. I'm convinced of that after watching Star City. 2046 i forgot he's a gossip a little bit stein inserted himself into the drama because yeah. he's like ray you didn't say <laughs> like, because well kendra's like ray i'm having these problems and these feelings stein goes but didn't you think that during this time and kendra goes excuse me this is private <laughs> It stopped being private when we got chained up together. We're all in this together. <laughs> oh, sadly, I don't think any of those League members lived to tell the gossip because of what happens later. That's true. Anyway, but to get to that, um, so Sarah rolls in um, and Ra- white Ross Al Ghul is like, hello, I'm an Australian man. <laughs> wearing a halloween costume 
I th- have decided you shall all die. <laughs> he, looks and... like Na- he looks like Nandor from what we do in the shadows. Nope. How dare you? How dare you, Kate? Nandor no. is gorgeous. Yep. His co- he looks like a Nan. It's the like clothes. Okay. The clothes, at least. It does Nandor. look like if you bought Nandor a Halloween would costume. would have been a better rock as ghoul. Just saying. That's a concept. That's a good concept. Oh, did fair. That's a fan cast. Oh! Dilf! Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> Rip's like, I can get us out of here because I, Rip Hunter, have always been the one to save us. And he says, we are going to hold court. And Jack says, the people's court of the League of Assassins. And Rip says, well, Ra's al Ghul, I challenge you to a fight. And Ra's al Ghul like, kind of looks at him and says, okay, <laughs> you're going to fight Sarah. Which, and so, <laughs> then Rip says, uh, I thought I was going to fight you. Which now begs the question, you think you can take Ra's al Ghul, Rip? <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> he's got that white guy energy where he just thinks he can win. <laughs> He has the confidence of a mediocre white man. He's got two empty white claws in his back pocket. <laughs> so true. I love the concept of that, that this immortal drinks white claws. It's yeah. the one drink that survives to the future. Wait, he couldn't be it's Vandal. He's going to be him? No. So he volunteers and then Rip volunteers Kendra to do it. And this is a good fight. Mm-hmm. between Kendra and Sarah. This is good stuff. I, because I, we have Kendra like reaching because <laughs> Rip says well, Sarah helped Kendra open her inner hot goddess or whatever. <laughs> and he says, I think blah blah the opposite. Which we also established Rip. You tried to do that and that ended with them almost murdering each other <laughs> before. We have to remember that Ray's being a Debbie Downer during this whole thing. I'm like, no, Ray is because she'll get killed. Talk about not having confidence in your the woman you love. I mean, Ray, I'm so. I can't imagine what that's like. I'm so sorry, Ray fans, and I do love Ray. Ray is such a bitch in this episode. (laughs) He is the biggest, whitiest bitch. Yeah, this is not a good. Uh, this isn't this. This wasn't a good relationship. I'm sorry, but this wasn't good. I mean, it works a little bit better in season four. Like he does kind of do a similar thing in season four with Nora, and he ends up taking on Neron instead, to no success. But at least like with Ray and Nora, they're more established. And they're also married in real life, so their chemistry actually feels like something instead of poor, again, this is our, Sierra Renee, we're very sorry. We know you're not listening to this podcast because you want nothing to do with this show. We're sorry. I was going to say, maybe I'm just missing the entire context of like the buildup in it, but I, I really wasn't feeling their chemistry much in this episode. When did they get together? Oh, they pretended to be married in 1958, which is the ep- last episode. And honestly, and then they spent two years together. They still did not have. I, I have to agree with you, even though you know that they don't have any chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> it's it was such. It's a show. Don't. It's a very tell not shown 
And they're like, these two people are together because man and woman. So they must go together. In the original screenplay, it was supposed to be Ray and Sarah as a couple. And I'm very glad that didn't happen. <laughs> the fact that there's actually a movie with those two as a couple. They still... do make out in a movie that is not Legends. And it's very weird. Well, it's got like a bunch of like Arrowverse actors in it too, which is another very story. weird. We um, should watch that sometime and do a review on the pod. With shots. Of course. Drink responsibly, children. Drink <laughs> responsibly. Uh, okay, wait. Now I have a question. Because you know what's really funny? They just don't mention the Lazarus pit in this episode. They're fighting in front of it, I think, but they don't mention it. Um, if you took a shot from the Lazarus pit, are you just going to die? Or does that, like, clean you out? Like an enema? <laughs> Maybe. I was thinking more like a diuretic. <laughs> I think you might want to go on a vegan diet for a couple of days before you do that. Because if there's animal bits in there when you take this shot, <laughs> I don't want to imagine what it does to your What do you think? Is. Okay. What do you think? Oh, okay. What if it's like a colonoscopy where you just like have to drink fluids for three days? That's what I said. Is like an, I, I just asked, is this like an enema? How'd we get here? How? I just wanted to know. <laughs> because... I mean, I feel like drinking Lazarus Pit is going to hurt because it's going to taste both like rubbing alcohol and the thousands of bodies tossed into it. Yeah. No! Oil of the water from there the Lazarus not Pit. Many plants go out of our asses. I mean, I guess the, the good option is it's just like a D&D healing potion and you, you feel a little better. It's a little tingly. And- yeah. yeah, the worst option is every uh, item of food you've eaten in the past. I don't know how long it takes to work through you, like a day or three, depending on like your diet and internals. <laughs> but uh, then you might just have like, if you had like some ground beef yesterday, uh, it's going to do terrible, terrible things to you, and they're going to be scraping you off the floor. <laughs> what if I? What if I used it as vape juice? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. What if I did that? Gross side of this. Here are legends of wheat. Fuck me. Delete that. Um, Here are legends of next week. We we adore all decisions you make. We don't take any credit for those. Here are legends of next week. We asked the questions. They were too scared to. We are a wholesome, family-friendly podcast, except when we're not. Drinking it. Um, <sighs> they show up to kill Ray Shagul, and he just rips a fat one and vanishes into the vape cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what he like, uses. I'm now picturing t- Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom. Do not do this to me. What if? Uh, this guy playing Ras al Ghul, this one vapes. <laughs> this one vapes. Alexander Sinage, at- Ras al Ghul does not vape. What about Liam Neeson? What about, what about Qui Gon? No. I can't see Alex. I feel like he uses it as like a facial steamer. <laughs> yes. He healies in with his. Does the Lazarus <laughs> vape juice have its own flavor, or can you then additionally flavor it? Can I was you say, can you brew beer 
from the Lazarus pit. I was thinking Obviously. like, you know, the Kool-Aid squeezy things. I was going to add some of that. You know what? Obviously, the- Rip, Rip didn't think this through. Instead of asking for a fight, he should have just like sold the freaking Lazarus pit juice, apparently. Why didn't they all take shots from the Lazarus pit and go fucking fight Vandal Savage? <laughs> because they're dumbest. Because I'm sorry, they're idiots, but also... um, They would have lost their soul, though, so... Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good... Well, that, well then you have... Leonard, I don't have a soul star coming well, in. Well, if you get dipped in, you lose your soul. If you take a shot, do you just lose like part of it? Do you shit at your soul? <laughs> okay, we gotta move on from that. Okay, I wait. Feel like I, we- I have one more Lazarus pit one question. More, uh, if you ingest it, does it come out the other end still with Lazarus <laughs> powers? And if not, when in the process does it stop? Hmm. These are all the questions <laughs> I would have liked to have answered. But hey, sadly. We need to do a QA one of these days. Comic writers, I demand <laughs> answers on the Lazarus piss. Oh my god, what if it okay, maybe this is the Lazarus piss? You know how like Mary Jane got you know how in like one Spider-Man comic Mary Jane had cancer because of Peter Parker's radioactive. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's the worst. That's what that what happens. Welcome to Legend of the Next Week. The after dark. After dark. Welcome to Life's the Next Week. We're all children of the Time Masters. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so Sarah and Kendra are fighting. Um, I like that Ross Al Ghul was like, finish her. That's always good in any action scene. <laughs> I would have wanted a Mortal Kombat scene in this. That would have been fine, at least. You gotta wait a few seasons before that. And then, but I like that Kendra's the one that could reach Sarah with the, you're not a murderer or an assassin, you're the white canary. Yes. That's so good. You're the whitewashed canary. You are the whitewashed canary, which as we've established, white canary was an Asian character in the comics. Meanwhile, back at the Kronos timeship, uh, things are going badly for Leonard Snart because Kronos has left to go murk the legends. And Snart is busy scooting his butt down the banister of the timeship. Literally. It's like that scooting sound effect you hear on TikTok, but it's interesting how beforehand he's like, hey, um, when you do this, what's next for you? As if Nick wasn't already doing this shit before they sent him after the legends. They're gonna keep using him. I just Leonard was I know Leonard was trying to appeal to him, but then I mean Mick's just kind of like, you know what, goodbye. And Leonard decides, okay, he's gone. Let's go. Well, he says bounty hunters don't get a pension plan, which we all know because we we Kate and I watched Book of Boba Fett, and so did Nate. Mm-hmm. This is accurate. Listen, listen, Boba Fett and Boba Fett and Fennec Shan, they got it good. Cad Bane, go to hell, you crusty blue piece of shit. <laughs> None of the workers had a 401k. Oh, I swore. <laughs> <Not enough. laughs> that, listen, the guild does not support your 401k, and neither do the Mandalorians. Cad Bane is the old man working at the grocery store who just has never quit and has just Wait, always that been there. That's the only thing I know. No? Yeah. What? Is that Timothy Oliphant? No, it's not no. Timothy Oliphant. Seriously, I have not finished this. 
Eden, we're sitting you down to watch this. Oh, I'm terrible. Um, no, you're not. No. So, anyways, Leonard's scooting his boot down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets his freeze gun. This is, again, good Wentworth Miller acting. Wentworth Miller, we didn't deserve you. You put your whole... I, I have a Don't whole... say it! I have a problem with this because again, James had himself. Why didn't he go for the middle of the cuffs? Just a question He's of using his toes. Go for the middle listen, of the cuffs. Listen, it's in the heat of the moment. He's just trying to get out, and it's this is his make the plan, execute the plan, throw it, expect the plan to go off the rails. Throw away the plan. So he threw away the plan out the freaking window because he froze his hand off. He froze his hand. This is and, when and this was, happened. And, and he looked dead sexy doing it. Yeah, I know he did, but like seriously. When when this happened, this was the oh shit moment. This, yeah. this is good. He sells it well. It's pretty brutal. Yes, and he screams in pain as soon as he breaks that hand oh my god it, it, you feel that pain where he goes you see his face and it's just like ow yeah props then, uh, oh props to snart for doing it and props to the actor for like selling it and then so with the sarah kendra fight i don't remember how chrono i mean no chrono's just like <laughs> bursts in as he always does but i don't remember if brasso ghoul is like kill them all because they didn't um, complete the ancient ritual of whatever. But then Krono shows up and just murks all of them. I do love in that moment, Ross is like, when Rip's trying to please him, he's like, you can't do this. You're going to screw up history. You'll die. And he's talking to him all in Arabic, which, um, okay, cool. Impressive. Eric knows that. And they have but pills, also, Kate. I, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They have I'm like a legend writer. Since white they have the yes. language pills. Listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm stupid. But also, but what gets you is that Roz, Roz, whatever. I'm sorry. I can never get this right. Yes, you may roast me, please. Um, his his approach to the matter is okay. You brought this crap into my house. You're taking this out of my house. I will free you now. Get this thing. At, get this 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 wildly even more homicidal than I am, maniac, out of here. I love that Russell Ghoul at the end of this episode is like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with y'all. Goodbye. There's a good little fight scene. Firestorm um, emerges, which is nice. Uh, Russell Ghoul is like, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, Jack says, long story. <laughs> And they take, they're about to murder Kronos because they're all fighting together as a team. And it's a really good scene. And then Len shows up like, no, you can't. You can't kill him. And he's like, this is, why? We love Leonard's Padme moments. Okay. This is a great moment. It is instantly undone by the dialogue because then Mick <laughs> take, because Kronos takes off the helmet and you're, everyone's like, oh shit. Oh Mick. my god. <laughs> Ray, Ray goes, oh no, Ray. Rip goes, my god. Mick goes, there is no god. And then gets the shit kicked out of his face. Oh, yeah. reaches and, then, 
And then like earlier in the episode, it's like, I used to think the most beautiful thing was fire. Now I know it's vengeance. I'm like, this is I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Bad. I thought that was dead sexy though. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> the I, delivery like... is good, but the poor Dom though, who had to say all he that. He sells it. Oh yeah. He does. He did. Um I did he came, have... he came, he saw, he ate. He did. <laughs> I did have that line taken as a note because I had seen like some of the more recent episodes like with several seasons of gap in between this and that and the mental disparity of going from the fun musical cowboy episode where there's a big worm that poops gold uh, (laughs) to this like the edgiest CW dialogue I can imagine <laughs> yeah. that will be retweeted oh, no, no. by 12-year-olds on Tumblr forever. Oh, no, no. oh no, you thought this is bad? We should invite you back to see the monstrosity that's called I, Ava. Oh, yeah. Oh? I, Ava is the stain on what is almost a perfect, on what is, not perfect, but one of the best seasons. Are, there are two stains that season, the crossover and I, Ava. Oh, I don't think about the crossover. I don't, don't even talk it. about the crossover ever. We don't. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're like, well, we got him. And then Sarah goes over to Ra's al Ghul, who's like, hey, y'all are crazy. <laughs> I release you because you're kind of up to minds. Because you, he's basically he really served because oh I know so you I figured out you're both from the future because there's no way you advance that quickly, and he lets her go because you like can't treat, treat killing people giving them mercy so bye bye. Why did he just kill her? He's freaking I don't get this. His respect. Russell Ghoul operates on a respect basis because he, he told his daughter she was cool and he doesn't really want to crush her dreams. That's going to come with a couple of years. That, now, his other daughter, he doesn't give a crap about. It's funny because in the comics, it's reversed and Talia is the youngest Al Ghul. And um, Talia is the youngest Al Ghul in the comics and this is older. It's reversed in Arrowverse. But it is kind of sweet that Sarah says, please make sure your daughter is off the coast of and you in 2008 she guarantees her own survival in that i love that meeting one of the loves of her life that's that's kind of and miss sarah was good mm-hmm. and um well then we're like oh man it's sad blend lost his arm and in what kind of happens in legends in both good and bad ways rip goes i can fix that and he pulls him into the med bay and says, don't worry, when I brought you all here, I took your DNA in case something like this would have happened. And then-, and then he prints out a new arm for Len, which even for CW graphics was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. And they remember it one more time in season seven. And that's the only two times we've seen this. I thought it was six because Kayla... Oh, then twice more. Kayla and Gideon. Yeah. And then we have Mick in his little Magneto cell, Hannibal Lecter cell. (laughs) Wait, wait, yeah, he's he's going he's going on a rant like it. This is this is him. He's now at he's gone from his Varus era to his Ventress era, and now he's in his Mall era. (laughs) Gay and bitter. 
This is his, um, you're all going to burn. But I love that Rip just mutes him. I love that too. That's so good. Um, and then the only other thing in this episode, which I know we didn't really talk about much, but it's very boring. Um, Ray and Kendra have their little meeting. And so it is a nice sentiment when she says, for the first time in centuries, I got to choose who I fell in love with. And it is at the time when I watched this episode, I'm like, you know what? I'm not totally sold on this couple, but this is nice. And it's a sweet moment between them. And then they kind of make out in his room. And then in and then in the Magnificent Eight, immediately they undo it. <laughs> we did forget the cool part of remember they said we couldn't become Firestorm on the ship. And then they oh, decided yeah. to do it anyway. Listen, yeah. listen, listen, you never know until you try once. Also, I had to shout out the other scene that I, when I was watching this episode, I was obsessed. I rewound and watched this like five times the hand regeneration scene. I'm sorry, that was so cool to me. It's really cool. It, it's again, like when we get to do the fun, stupid time travel stuff. Sometimes that's when it's good. Shit is fun. Then, so then... Ray pulls them all in to talk. They're like, all right. So we, he's like, the bad news is we do not know where Vandal Savage is currently. <laughs> uh, it, the better news is, uh, well, no, he says, and the worst news is uh, the next time we see him is when he's like decades away from conquering the entire world. <laughs> Ugh. Uh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is the part um, that's really interesting to me because he mentions how Savage is very rarely in world-changing history, which is really the events that get um, documented and noticed unless you're a weirdo like me who likes random historical events that aren't so well-known publicly. For example, the molasses flood. Um, Savage caused the molasses flood. Um, uh, he's the one. He's the one. He's the one who built the tank in the first place. Wait, did he cause the Titanic to sink? There was like a joke on Twitter that said the Titanic sank because of all the time travelers that traveled to the Titanic to stop it from sinking. I remember in Timeless they were. They, they mentioned the Titanic, and I am I very not. bitter they never made that episode because, oh, God, that would have been so good, even though, like, the Titanic is, like, I get that it's, like, it would be a nexus for, oh, my God, the Titanic is a fixed point. You are correct. You're not wrong. Oh, my gosh. But we did forget that, like, Rip was glad that Leonard didn't kill Mick because now he can pump him for some information about the Time Masters. Yeah, that was Leonard. But the thing is, like, Leonard is willing to give up on Nick, which is interesting to me early because we know when they were younger, Nick saved Leonard in Juvie. Now, Leonard saves Nick from being killed by the legends. So it's almost like he's paid his debt from that. And he's so angry and hurt at Nick. So he's just like, well, no, he also we, did we, say, I was killing Lisa, which again, Lisa's very important. To oh, yeah. I mean, that's, he crossed the line, but this is, but Leonard is essentially, he's so mad. He doesn't care right now. And eventually we see how that all pans out. 
Because mm-hmm. in the next episode, he says Gideon, or Rip says Gideon, set course for the Cosnian conglomerate in 2147. Mm-hmm. If you don't remember, I am pretty sure um, the, one of the first times we see the Suicide Squad, they're going to they go to Cosnia in Arrow. Maybe I think they go to Cosnia in Arrow. In Arrow, so yeah. One of the first times Cosnia. we see them, they're going to. I think it's Cosnia, but that might be wrong. Yeah, Cosnia is not a real place. It's um, not. It, it's it's like so. It's again, we're borrowing from Arrow here. We borrow with the Koshmar Gulag where Lila was held captive. In the few in um, present day, where the boys were held in the past, now we're going to the future. Future Kaznia, where um, the Suicide Squad pulled off a mission. Yes. Um, rest in peace, Floyd Lawton. <laughs> rest in peace, Floyd Lawton. Not Harley Quinn and Amanda Waller. You were all murdered in 2015, so that the 2016 Suicide Squad could come out, and we, you didn't we, deserve that. We got Viola Davis out of it. Okay, I'm we, not going to count that. that as a loss. And Polka Dot Man, I enjoy Polka Dot Man. I think Eric does it. Benefited from Polka Dot Man. Exactly. We need Ab- Abner needs a hug, plain and simple. But yeah. Just um, so we're going to Cosnian conglomerate, which in the comics, Cosnia is kind of a stand-in for Baltic state, um, a non-existent Baltic state. This is this is how we can show a Baltic state without getting sued. Yeah. So, and uh, yes, Nate, to answer your question, we're gonna. This is the "Do we kill baby Hitler?" episode. <laughs> Because it's again, uh, I will always appreciate yes. that uh, Legends of Tomorrow didn't use Hitler. Now they use this little shit Paradegaton. This Paradegaton in the comics is actually very different, and I'll bring some stuff about oh, him. Oh gosh, you've warned me about this. <laughs> Honestly, not my favorite episode, but yeah, <laughs> also boring. I'm sorry, just for a moment, could you repeat his name? Paradegaton. That sounds like a supervillain name. It. Uh, I still remember when I first heard his name, the pilot. I'm like, who that? Okay, I know my history. I am a generally smart woman. Who the frack is Perdigonson? And then finally, like, oh, now I see a child. But yeah, next week is creepy child. Uncle Vandal Savage. It's a child surprise. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Le- Legends loves to pull it's surprise. A ki- child. It's a Kinder Joy. No, wait. Do we need to call child on this? I- I'm just asking for reasons. On one side is a chocolate treat. On the other side, parental responsibility. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a really screwed up Schrodinger's box cat. <laughs> it's I'm it's I'm tired. <laughs> If you ever op- if you never open the other half of the egg, you'll never know if there's a baby in there. <laughs> oh my other- god! So where do we? Oh wait, so we have forgot to do timeline check. Timeline check. Timeline check. So we are. So we are currently. Um. So we spent time in 1960 Hub City and Manda Parbat, which is somewhere in. Um, I always want to say it's in it's somewhere it's um south it's other southern Asia I feel yes southwestern so. somewhere in there it kind of looks like honestly whenever I see Nanda Parbat it always kind of reminds me of the city of Petra 
It looks like CW set. I feel it looks like Vancouver. But but really, we are actually also 15 years before. Well, technically, Aldous is still technically alive where they are. We're at the 15 years before, which almost makes me want a big question. Did Kendra kind of try and seek him out? But no, she couldn't because of the timeline. Probably. But is again, they don't mention how the 60s sucks for Kendra. They don't. Is Nanopod bot supposed to be like Nepal? Just a question here. I don't know for sure. I'm trying to remember, but it's definitely got like... It's in Tibet. Yeah. Thank you. So, any other final thoughts about this episode? And then we travel, obviously, timeline check to 2147. We're all dead at that point. I was going to say in the not-so-distant future, but it it is. So let's pass the question on to Nate. So Nate, as our esteemed not-scholar of legends... A complete novice, correct. As the fresh meat. What are your thoughts? If this is the first episode of Legends you've seen, how do you feel? Hmm. Well, it was... I suppose at some parts enjoyable and the other parts, I mean, we talked extensively on the other parts of just sort of a confusing mess. That's kind of how it feels. Both the best and the worst of Arrow. The medium, which is Elicity, is left in Arrow. (laughs) Yeah, I did, before watching this episode, had fully forgotten about the existence of Kronos. So in this episode, I was both reminded he existed and then revealed that he was in fact another character who I also remember, and then only at that point realized that he hadn't been in this episode at all and was missing. Which also reminds me of the fact that I think there was a, another Hawk guy at the beginning of this season and he's not here now. He I is don't know very he's dead. dead. He's, he's dead. dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this bitch dead. R.I.P. <laughs> Carter, you died in the second episode after nothing. <laughs> you came, you didn't get to eat. <laughs> he got the participation <laughs> yes, did. yes, he did. He did. We'll see him Not later. that you tried and failed. <laughs> but we, we will have to have you back, Nate, because it's going to be fun because we can just throw out Legends things and say, like, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Like, when Ray and Jonah Hex knew each other carnally one year in the 1870s. See, I have no way of, you told me that, you told me about uh, hawk people hybrids in the previous episode. I have no way of knowing how much of this is correct. You're not ready for when Malcolm Merlin and Oh my gosh, I I wish I got questions for trivia (laughs) today. That would have been fun to play with you. When Malcolm Merlin and Damian Dark make out, that's going to be a fun episode for you. Oh my god! And then, um, and then when Eobard joins in, uh-huh. man, I and feel like this is wrong. But I don't know enough to do with them. And he says, "I'm out of here." And Snart says, "When <laughs> we, do I get to rob a bank?" Exactly. Listen, we we love the Legion of Three Sons. I mean, Doom, Doom, Doom. <laughs> I loved when they started doing their um, arts and crafts. Oh, they look so cute with their little flower crowns. That was so sweet. And that was peak flower crown era. I think I, think <laughs> I, oh my I God. just remember. But Hannibal Lecter is in the next episode. 
I have no way of knowing if this is true. And if I'm going to be on future episodes, I adamantly refuse to watch more so that I will continue to be as ignorant as possible. We might have you back for a Magnificent Eight then. That's we Cowboys. That would be great. You put up so with good. us, so. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. So if you guys want me for hey. more episodes, I'll happily join. We'll t- yeah, we'll take you. So let's, let's absolutely, you're going to have to come back. So we have to do our episode ratings, episode ratings. overall um i feel like we always kind of switch off on who rates first so i'll I'll go first i rate this episode so white knights is still my number one so if i'm rating this episode i think i am gonna put it above night of the hawk but below blood ties which i believe puts it at fourth worst for me I, i i i just think this episode for me the parts that I really like, I enjoy. Like I like the fight scenes. I like the Chrono stuff. But the rest of it is very soapy CW. I have to agree with you on the uh, order of that. Because again, yeah, this is better than Night of the Hawks. But like, better than obviously the pilot episode too. But it's, it's kind of just like in the middle, mediocre middle yeah just for me yeah i'm going to rate this episode um i'm gonna rate it above and i just realized i should probably start writing down my order of how i rank episodes because i always forget this is a professional operation (laughs) yeah we're 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 a professional brand we've done these okay um, I would say I'm ranking this above Night of the Hawk and Star City 2046. And I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of want to rate it a little bit above Blood Ties too, okay. because um I was really invested in the Leonard and Nick plot line. Mm-hmm. And um kind of and I thought of this too. I forgot to mention this earlier, but um the one thing that it's kind of weird to have um, the sort of we've abandoned them in the middle of the season. I feel like that would have been something to do closer to a finale or even just like to end a season on and pick up like what they kind of do with yeah. the in season two. But um, it's kind of interesting just kind of hear like the um, because it's kind of here, like the adjustment you have to have to return to where you once were after you move. I mean, if anyone's ever gone through a major life change and move somewhere and then things go down and you have to like undo all that and just processing it and unpacking is like, do you, can you forget it entirely or do you want to hang on to those memories depending on how your experience was? Nate, I know you haven't watched a lot of legends, but just like overall final thoughts. Um, I mean, by necessity, this is my number one episode <laughs> because it is my one episode. Um, I guess if I had to like rate it in a, in a different scale, six out of 10, it wasn't abysmal, but it wasn't great. Would you tune in next week? Maybe. At the very least, I'd be invested in uh, Snart and uh, Mick. I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Again, thank you, Nate, for joining us. We thank have to you. Have so much thank you so much for coming on. This has been, I hope we have you on again because you've been great. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. You put up with my inane ramblings about Lazarus piss. Okay. <laughs> Lazarus piss. <laughs> wait, this is wait, this is the picture. Can we please title the episode Lazarus piss? <laughs> that's that's what it is now. Um. On on that note, I can't think of a better way to end this episode. So again, thank you for listening to the Legends of Next Week. You can find us on Twitter at Week Legends. Again, that is Days of the Week, not Puny Legends. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Legends of Next Week. Or if you'd like, you can email us at legendsofnextweek at gmail.com. Please send us in either some, we could do a Q&A at some point if you want to send in some questions for that. You want to send in your weird fan fictions that you found. You just want to send in some ideas for some segments. We would love to just hear from all of you. And so, signing off, I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. And I'm Kate. With our guest star. Nathan. Nate. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And thank you, Nate, once again for joining us. So we are going to catch you some other week. Bye, guys. Bye.